Welcome to Gloucester Book Club's podcast. I'm Christina Young. Tonight I'm in conversation with some book club friends to talk about The Beekeeper of Aleppo by Christy Lefteri. Hi and welcome. Tonight we have our usual podcast team, which is Stella, Zoe and Joe. But we're also joined by our guest podcaster, Jenny. So before we begin discussing The Beekeeper of Aleppo, Jenny, have you been reading other novels during lockdown? And uh, if so, which has been your favourite? Yes, I have, actually. Um, And I've tended to go for some chick flick books. because I think in lockdown I didn't have many books available so there was a lady selling some 50p so I nipped round and bought those <laughs> and I discovered Lisa Jewell mm-hmm. um, and it's not that easy a read it's not as easy as some of the others that she had the Katie Fjords and there was a particular book called The House We Grew Up In okay. now I grew up in quite a chaotic environment and I, it, I mean there were some awful things in it as well but just the way she wrote was brilliant, the, the way she described things. And I've gone on to read about a couple of hers since, because in each one, some of them, there is a bit of a whodunit as well. And she hides, I think you, you can't guess it straight away, which I quite enjoy. Uh-huh. Um, and I have been catching up with the book club books as well. Mm-hmm. Um, what I don't like is if I'm reading the book a year later, for instance, I've just read this beekeeper a year after you have, uh-huh. then I miss out on the discussion afterwards. You do. Yes. Still, well, you can do it now. Do it with us now. Yeah, I'm good. This is exactly why I'm here. <laughs> so great to have you, Jenny. Um, so before we get into the discussion, I'll just give you, uh, for the listeners, uh, a summary, a little summary of what this novel's about. So we read it in April 2020, didn't we, guys, which mm-hmm. is quite a long way back for us. But it is a compelling story of love, loss, hope, compassion. And we have Nuri, who's the beekeeper, and his wife, Afra, who's an artist. And they are living happily in the beautiful city of Aleppo with their son. And they're living this wonderful, peaceful life when suddenly their lives get turned upside down by war. And out of desperation, they make this decision that they're going to flee Syria. And Afra what Afra has experienced along the way and seen causes her to go blind and that really complicates their journey through Turkey and Greece on their way to Britain. Um, Risky and very uncertain journey for them and they've got to learn to survive in this unpredictable situation and to deal with their own loss um, and to trust each other as well. So Guys, um, when I finished this book, I thought, wow, um, that was my initial reaction on finishing it. It wasn't a particularly easy read, but it is memorable and emotional, and it's filled with some poignant themes. So tell me, tell us, tell viewers, tell all of us what you feel about when you finished that book. How did you feel about the book? Um, Do you want to start? Right. Well, for me, the most important thing about the book was that it's a novel, it's fiction. We're used to seeing the stories of refugees told through memoir or news reports. And we have images in our mind of refugee camps, of um, rubber dinghies crossing the Mediterranean, 
of life jackets and flotsam at the site of an accident where, where a boat has sunk, of, of those sort of images in our mind, whereas this is actually a, a, a story of a family who are devastated by the death of their child and the destruction of their home and their city, basically, um, bombed to smithereens by the, the um, forces of President Assad, um, the, and, then, and then their decision to flee. Uh, it's portrayed as a fictional novel, and you, you feel like you're with them. You're, um, you're, you, you suffer the pain that they suffer with them, and you, it's far more believable and relatable than a memoir would be or a non-fiction book. So that, for me, was the main thing. Mm, thanks. Thanks, Joe. Uh, it's interesting that you um, point out that it's a work of fiction, Joe, because I think, like a lot of members of the book club, I remember when we first read this, we listened to an audio clip about um, Mustafa, one of Nuri's friends, describing the sight of his son uh, who's caught up in the conflict and unfortunately dies and it was a really poignant moment for us all I remember you know some of us had tears in our eyes it was really really compelling and I think this book although it's very harrowing um, and the couple go through many many trials it would be a book that I would recommend to many people and I think should be included in many book club reading lists and mm. syllabuses, syllabi, you know, <laughs> it should be included in classrooms for people of all ages because the subject matter is difficult. But wow, is it important to get a human perspective on it? Like you say, we can hear numbers about refugees and we can see news reports, but Chrissy LaFerry does a really good job of putting a human picture to it. And it's very, very moving indeed. Mm. Yeah, it's it. Yeah. Yes, um, I... I did enjoy it, but I must admit, I found the writing quite slow. I found it quite difficult to get into. Um, I, the characterization, I didn't feel particularly, I knew them, but obviously the story, it, it could be any refugee and that's, that's what kind of grabbed me. Um, the thing that I was really also struck by is Aleppo. I looked it up on the mm -hmm. internet and it was a UNESCO site in 1986. And I've been to uh, Marrakesh and I've been to Istanbul. So I was immediately thinking of all of those things that have actually been destroyed by the bombs in 2012. Mm -hmm. um, and that to me was this tragedy. And also the refugees there, they, you know, that, we, that we read about, they loved their city. They absolutely adored it. It was beautiful. And the image of the bees as well, of course, is the, the beekeeper brothers or cousins rather. Um, it, it just sounded like a, a lovely, rich, fulfilled life. Um, and I think sometimes on television, we see these images and there's just piles of dust. In fact, he described that in the book, didn't he? Absolutely. And for some reason, I never really connected the two. Because mm -hmm. of course, before the bomb, that would, they would have been beautiful streets. Absolutely, yeah. Um, so it, it really struck me that not only have they, do they have to leave their home, but they've also their home has been destroyed, completely mm. destroyed. They have absolutely no choice but to leave. Either they have to fight for the rebels or they get shot dead. It's a really awful situation. Now, these, these, these people in the book, Nuri, he was very lucky that he was quite successful and he had money. Mm, absolutely, that, yeah. that was shown through the book that he had money, um, mm. even though they still had to go through dreadful situations. Mm. I was astounded they slept out in the open for some reason. 
I was thinking, how do they get showered? How do they charge their phone? All these completely basic things. Mm. Um, and some of the situations, you know, I was quite cross thinking, why do they have to smuggle? Why can't they just be granted asylum? I, I felt really strongly and I thought, gosh, um, you know, next time I, I meet a refugee, I think my heart is going to be completely more open before maybe I didn't fully understand. So from that point of view, Zoe, yes, I think everyone should read it. But as an actual book, um, I didn't particularly enjoy the writing and I felt it did jump about here and there. Uh, but I got a good feeling of where they came from and how much they loved it. And mm. that's told in, in a present day timeline, isn't it, Jenny? Um, yeah. and, and it's flashbacks from one point of uh, one point of view, actually. It's, it's Nuri's point of view, isn't it? The whole yeah. book. Mm. Um, and, and it's you know, I, I quite liked the the writing. I thought it was quite graceful and quite beautiful, but it, and it read like a memoir to me. Stella, what did you think when you were reading? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I did really enjoy the writing, actually, and I, I really enjoyed the writing style. Um, I'm very interested what you say, Jenny, about the, the city and the buildings, because mm -hmm. that's so true, and I hadn't really thought a lot about that. I think, for me, the book was very much that this is a book about people and the story of people. And Nuri and Afra had a life which was a, it seemed to me to be a happy life. Afra was an artist, Nuri was a bookkeeper. They had their family life, they, they had their son, Sammy, community mm. and so on and so forth. And then that's all completely removed from them. Mm. And um, so I don't quite know how to express it, but I felt like this was a book about people that and so rather than being a book about refugees it was a book about actual people mm. and mm. this happened to them because just because that's where they lived that's where they are born that's where they lived um and i i just i i really really enjoyed that and i thought that was so good because of course we do see so much on television so the mm. I, maybe we just have an idea about refugees um in the sense that maybe that parallel that people are saying about the continent of Africa now, this whole idea that we, you know, it's easy for us to look at the continent of Africa through that lens of uh, poverty and and um, so on and so forth. And it's easy, it's maybe easy for us to think of refugees as sort of um, people to be pitied or maybe not as actual freedom, you know, not as actually having fulfilling rich lives sure. in the way yes. that we all do and that they've just an accident of circumstances yeah has has meant they've had to move and i mean how traumatic i think it really really uh, brings home the trauma of mm. having to having to undertake a journey that is really quite unimaginable mm. from, from christy Lefteri's point of view i know that she um she has a background of serving um, refugees at the um, UNICEF-supported uh, centre in Athens. Um, mm. and I think it's evident, isn't it, from that, from her time that she spent with refugees, that's, that's really informed her writing in this story. And she creates realistic circumstances and likeable characters who seem like real people to me. Mm. Mm. Yes, okay. definitely. 
Yeah. Yes, I really agree with that. I, 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 I really feel it was very, very easy to, to sort of identify and to really um, go, go on the journey, go, you know, to feel, to feel a lot of the pain. And also the things you said, Jenny, about, be, you know, the, the, where they slept in, in the open air and the, the camps they slept in in Greece and so on on the journey. Mm. And, the, the, you know, how hard that is, mm. how, how hard it is. And that's a reality for people. And they're, ju they're just people like you and me. Mm. Yes, they didn't have access to hot food. No. Bread and bananas. Mm. No, not only were they real people, they were likable people. Mm. Yes. And what they, yeah. what they had to go through was terrible. Mm. Some, of, some of Nuri's experiences in Athens when they were living in that park mm. and he get, got involved on the sidelines of witnessing the child abuse that was going on and the, the chap being murdered. He got drawn into that and that's going to stay with him for the rest of his life. Mm, absolutely. Mm. And when I was reading along, um, I sometimes realised that was in a, in a different timeline. <laughs> um, I was getting a little bit confused with timelines when I was reading it. Um, I came to realise that it was kind of my responsibility as a reader to concentrate <laughs> and focus on the time. I think that's really actually something very important about the book and it totally ties in with what Jenny was saying earlier that although it's set in the present day around the 2010s just after the Syrian civil war, really you're looking at the brain of a man who's without wanting to accept it, incredibly traumatised by war. So the yeah. fact that we can't keep hold of the narrative, mm -hmm. is he talking to Mohammed? Is Mohammed there? Mm -hmm. Is he talking to Afra? Where is Nuri in his mind? I think it's very realistic of somebody who is suffering from PTSD. Mm. That is true, actually, yeah. I mean, it was awful that, you know, Afra not only lost her sight, but for a while she stopped talking after a certain event. Yes. And her life was just a shell. Mm. Um, but regarding the beekeeping, the kind of bee, the bee was a, a, a theme all the way through, wasn't it? Yeah. There was a little bee in the garden of the B&B &B where they were staying yeah. and he was nurturing it and looking after it because it had no wings. Yeah. Um, and I, Without giving the book away, but they were just, they, it all wrapped up at the end with the bees, didn't he? Because he said bees will travel and make their new home. And then when his cousin found him eventually, it was, um, well, I've just given that away. I apologise. Um, <laughs> but um, that was so lovely. And in fact, um, I read the credits that she did actually meet a professor who does run a community beekeeping yeah. um, thing. And I, th I just thought, that is wonderful. That is just the joy that we have this person in this country able to do that for our yeah. community with all the expertise. And I, absolutely, I love the bits about the bees, actually, because I'm a big bee fan. Um, but just flipping back to what we were talking about with the writing style, and um, I actually think that it's a, the way she does this timeline flipping is a realistic style for this story, because in present day, our lives, don't they all often slip into the past? You know, we're thinking, aren't we? Our brains always think, dredging up things from our past. Mm -hmm. and, and I think if you're aware of that from the beginning, that it will turn out to be an easier read for you. You know, okay. you've just got to go with that, haven't you, in the book? Imagine yeah. you're listening to Nuri, he's there in the room, he's talking to you, or mm. he does need to prepare for his asylum interview where they throw him about and they ask him lots of different oh, questions gosh. in the timeline. Mm. Um, and that's a very difficult experience for him. So you can imagine his already story is quite jumbled up by that experience as well. Yeah. 
So it sounds like you all really cared about Nuri and Afra. Is that right? Okay. Yeah. Right. yeah. It's very poignant to be talking about this now because um, the, the sort of experiences they went through in Aleppo when their house was blown up and their son was killed in the courtyard in front of them, I mean, no, no wonder Afra went blind mm. um, yeah. to see her son being blown up by a bomb. Yeah. Um, it's so poignant now because we just recently had the, um, the episode in Gaza Gaza being bombed to pieces by Israel. And those are people who can't go anywhere, can't do anything to defend themselves. Yeah. They haven't got any opportunity to get away. They've got to basically patch up and carry on. Yeah. And I mean, throughout the, the book as well, there is this overarching theme of love, isn't there, between husband and wife, um, and parent and child, and family members, and the love of their own country, and bees as well thrown in. Mm -hmm. um, so... And what I mean, what did you all think about that? Did that come through the novel quite well, that feeling of love between Nuri and Afra? I mean, it was quite strained at one point in the book, wasn't it? It was. At the beginning, it was, you know, obviously we just saw them as being in, in trauma because the first time we met them, I think, more, well, we got to know them was when they were here staying in a and b waiting for the interview. But as the book kind of flipped back and we found out more about them, um, and then you saw that they, I don't know, maybe, like you say, things became apparent that maybe he was suffering more than we felt he was. Yeah. And I won't give that away. Um, <laughs> and then she started to recover a little bit as well with mm. the friendship of another lady. And you realised that they were just um, in, in her own, in, well, in shell shock, really. But they, they discovered each other again, didn't they? Mm. Which was nice. And there is PTSD. Yeah, indeed, Jenny. There is PTSD in this book, isn't there, wouldn't you say? Yeah. Yeah, very much so. Mm. Ultimately, it's their love for each other which helps them get through that and mm. appear to be starting to overcome it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, as well. Um, you know, he, he comes to the UK, um, but ultimately it would say it's his love of beekeeping and his ability to set that up in the UK that helps him through as well his love for his passion yeah and hence the name of the book the beekeeper of Aleppo mm -hmm. interesting what you were all saying as well about how beautiful the city of Aleppo once was yeah. um, you know we have a member of our book club Liz who's often a guest podcaster as well who's actually been to the city of Aleppo before it was bombed um, and she said it was absolutely beautiful um, it breaks my heart to hear of that, you know. I, I read that it was uh, more or less untouched since it was built between the 12th and 16th century. It's been more or less untouched and so sad. most of the souk is all destroyed. Well, it was on the Silk Road. It was one of the main cities on the Silk Road. Yeah, yeah, indeed. It used to be on the Orient Express. You could get on a train in London mm -hmm. and get off it on at Aleppo Station. Wouldn't that be great? Wow. Just, that'd be great. A wonderful journey that would be. Um, so, I mean, I would highly recommend this book for, particularly if you like historical fiction as well, um, because there is a history in this book. Um, and but for readers who appreciate stories about survival and um, inspirational individuals, if you like, because these two were quite inspirational, the way they got through. Um, and for those people who might have lived in Syria, actually, this this would be a good book. 
possibly for book clubs as well um, to read. We read it as, our, as a book club. What, what would you guys say? Am I right with this recommendation? I yeah. think yeah. absolutely. Yeah. I, I also think that it's, it's very, very timely because um, it really does humanise refugees which as we know at the moment you know, there's quite a lot of feeling quite a lot of political mm. um interest and polit maybe political use of refugees and so on and so forth mm. and uh, i think this really is the human face mm. of what's of um the experience of people very very desperate people so yeah, yeah. Exactly. I mean, the stuff going on in the world at the moment, Joe, I think you were going to mention, weren't you, um, something about Gaza? Well, I did, didn't I? Gaza. Mm. I mean, the, the Israeli attack on Gaza over the last few weeks, and although there is now a ceasefire, a thousand people died in that. Mm. Lot. Absolute tragedy, and the whole place destroyed, basically. Mm. They have nowhere to go, nowhere to run, they've now got to rebuild the city. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's a very, very sad situation there. Um, whichever side of divide you're on, I think it's, it's an awful situation. Um, would you, I mean, would you say that you've got to be able to handle a heavier read to get through this? Yes, that's the one caveat I would add. I think particularly the second time reading it as well, it mm. does hit very hard. And I think that you should be prepared for a heavier read, but as you've tried to point out, Christina, there are so many other things, the survival of the individual, the survival of Afra and Nuri's relationship, his great love for beekeeping, which he did in defiance of his father. You know, his dad wanted him to grow up and work in their material store. So this really is a lifelong passion and it's a lifelong memoir, although it's heavily interrupted by war. There are so many elements of Nuri's life that go all the way through the book. And I think that is richly rewarding as well, if you can put up with some of the more harrowing details. Yeah, yeah. Um, the time, I, I think the bit for me that was the most harrowing was the bit in the camp, wasn't yeah. it? In the refugee yeah, camp. Definitely. Um, I mean, they were awful people, but actually it did show that there were a lot of kindness, a lot of kindness. Mm. And in the B&B, there was a man from Morocco, an elderly man, and a man from, I think it was West Africa. Sorry. And you showed that they did actually all look after each other mm -hmm. because they, they had no one else. And that really was very apparent. Mm. But there was a lot of kindness. And in the camps, there was a lot of, obviously, the worst of the worst, um, which, which made it so harrowing. But I suppose it's survival, isn't it? Survival and to always be kind and to have hope. Mm. I thought it wrapped up very well. Yeah, I agree. I mean, just putting, trying to put oneself in the position of what they had to endure, what any of those refugees endure is, well, mind-blowingly difficult for me. Um, and, you know, I just can't imagine how I would e even survive it. So I just find it incredible that people do. Um, so, yeah, it's a great book. It's a really good book. And I seem to remember in our book club discussions that most people enjoyed this. Well, enjoyed is a bit of a strange word, but, you know, really engaged with this book. Um, and uh, I just feel that when I was reading it, it was like reading a memoir to me. You know, it could have been real. It, um, she just touched it very, very well in her writing. Uh, anything else anybody else wants to share about it? Um just that um, 
personally, I was horrified. And how on earth can I live without all my silly possessions? <laughs> my lip possessions? Balm, my, my memories. Um, the only I think she lost the bracelet, and also they have they had nothing to mm. remember their son by. Mm. Nothing at all. No, you know, no photos, no nothing. And, and that's it really is. You really do leave everything behind. Mm. You have the clothes on your back if you're lucky. She was clever at telling the story in a very tender way, wouldn't you say, as well? Yeah. She wrote it very tenderly. The author's very sympathetic towards refugees, and you can tell that that her experience as an NGO really shines through. But at the same time, I would recommend it for all book clubs because there may be people on opposing sides of the political spectrum who may have differing views about the refugee situation. But because she handles it so sympathetically and with such care and tenderness, I think there are great discussions to be had with everybody, regardless how you, you feel about the political climate. Mm. It is ultimately a human story. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Well, there you are. Um, thank you, book group members, for joining me. And thank you, listeners, again, once again, if you listened to us before, thank you so much. Um, we have got some listeners. We've got some listeners, lots of them in the UK. We've got some in America. We've got some in Spain. We've got some in Germany. And we've got some in Estonia and Australia. So we're starting to spread worldwide now. Um, if you enjoyed the podcast, please can you share it with your friends and other book clubs if you happen to be in one. Um, in the meantime, please stay safe. Now we're starting to come out of lockdown here in the UK. We're very happy about that. And join us again in two weeks when we'll be talking about the Booker Prize winner from 1999. So this is not a particularly up-to-date book, but still a great one all the same. Um, we'll be talking about... Uh, Disgrace by J.M. Kutsi. So we look forward to you joining us all again then. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to Gloucester Book Club, based in Southwest England. All our podcasts are produced on Anchor FM. You can listen through Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and many more.